Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! to a very special edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube today for a uh, Cannon Fire post game, if you will. Episode 201 following the Buccaneers season opener against the Dallas Cowboys. Ladies and gentlemen, football is back. Huh? How about that for a goddamn football game? 31 to 29, your final score. The Buccaneers come out on top. It was a nail-biter all the way to the finish, but uh, who else but Mr. Ice Cold himself, Ryan Suckup, to nail it right down the middle and lead the Buccaneers to a victory. A very sloppy game. You know, a, a, a win is a win. And let me say this. A championship team wins that game. That's exactly what you want, right? Evan, you and I both texted each other and said it multiple times, this game's over. I posted multiple tweets that said that might as well be game. The Chris Godwin fumble at the what? The two yard line that would have sealed the deal. Put the Buccaneers up multiple possessions in the final few minutes of the game. Dallas gets the ball back. Four total turnovers for the Buccaneers. We're going to talk about all the stuff that needs to be fixed. But let's focus on this win. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me. My good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Let me ask you, man, what did you think of this game? Just an absolute thriller in every sense of the word, right? <laughs> yeah, the thriller that took years off my life. Um, <laughs> I, I, Man, oh man. Well, for one, yeah, suck up doesn't suck, okay? Uh, best player in Bucks history to wear number three, as we've said. And uh, just one more thing for the YouTube crowd. Come on, guys. Just look at the hat. Come on, guys. You knew what was going to happen, right? You knew what was going to happen. There was some, uh, there was a little bit of skepticism, I think, from a lot of people, including you and I, when the Bucks decided mm-hmm. to use a timeout to ice Greg Zerline before Dallas had their kick. They had two timeouts at that point. They burned one and left Tom Brady with, what, a minute and 49 seconds and one timeout? Yeah, it was actually, it was, so yeah, what happened was the reason that that sucked was because they would have never had to use the timeout had they just uh, declined the, the penalty right, uh, beforehand. Right. Um, it would have been a, a, you know, a declined penalty. It still would have been fourth down and there were more time on the clock and two timeouts. Um, so 
uh, yeah, I don't understand the decision. I'm sure Bruce will be asked about it. Uh, we're actually the press conferences is going on as we're talking about this. Um, thanks to everybody in the chat. We know it's late. Thank you for, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Yeah. Celebrating thank you guys a, for being a, here. Celebrating a W celebrating one and oh, the first season opening victory in the Bruce Arians era. So that's, that's another first. Uh, Tom Brady goes to six and zero against the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott finally loses against the Bucks. Who, I mean, we'll get into it. I thought Dak played really, really well. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, man, Pete Payne, five fifteen a.m. Where Pete's at? Thanks a oh, lot, Pete. Man. Sticking out over in the UK. Appreciate you. Yeah, kickoff um, for them was literally one twenty in the morning. So it is dedication, just been, man. It has been an all nighter for those guys. Imagine having to watch prime time, and by the time the game's over, you're watching the sun come up. Right, like I, work. I couldn't possibly imagine our guy Pete from Bucks UK hanging out with us from across the pond. Shout out to everybody else in the live chat as well. Adam Bove, David Cardona, the moderator holding it down. Edwin Hernandez, G Vegas, another great moderator. L Gronk, Pete Payne, as we had just mentioned. Emily Compa is in here as well. Uh, the Sports Moose and anybody else that I might have missed. Thank you guys for checking out the channel. Subscribe if you have not already. So let's let, let's let's break this game down. Okay, let's let's talk about what we saw. Uh, early impressions. It was a slow start for the defense, and uh, I mean, this isn't really the place for us to say we told you so. But I know that we caught a little bit of heat because in the pregame show, uh, we had kind of you know discussed a possible slow start for this defense. The absence of Jordan Whitehead as well. Um, you know, you knew Mike Edwards was going to be stepping up. A lot of injuries plagued the secondary tonight. Mike Edwards had a pretty bad cramp I think in uh what the second half or the end of the first half he ended up getting back in there and playing a uh, a healthy amount of the game but the biggest loss for that secondary tonight before we talk about their performance was early in the game and uh it was number 23 Sean Murphy bunting we still don't have an official diagnosis of what happened to him yet but if you look at the replay I think we can assume that it's an elbow, an arm, you know, some kind of break yeah. or fracture or something very uncomfortable because that uh that replay was tough to watch, but SMB going down after being picked on up until that point was a huge loss for the secondary. And, uh, you know, they, they were definitely hurting without him out there. That, that secondary as a whole tonight was, was getting sliced and diced either, you know, Dak Prescott was playing a great game, which I think he was, but it, it was, it was pretty rough on defense for a little while. I'll rant about that later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Sean Murphy Bunting. So I don't believe his season's not done. I don't think his season's done. A lot of people have asked me that. I don't believe so. He's going to obviously miss time. He'll miss significant time. He'll probably miss at least a month and a half. So you're looking at five games, six games, maybe at least. Um, you know, it, it looked pretty. It, it, at first, it just looked like, you know, his shoulder just collided with Antoine Winfield. And, right, kind uh, of a running that. contact, deal, um, bang, bang. But but as the replay showed, it was it was pretty rough. Um, so, you know, I don't think I don't we don't know if it's broken yet. We don't know if it's broken. We don't know what it is, whether it's an elbow, an arm, a shoulder. We don't know. Right. Um, it was actually the, the second, the second Dallas drive. That's when it was, um, the, the, the second Dallas drive. So he didn't play a whole lot. And it's a shame because he's one of the guys that really had a solid camp. Um, so hopefully he can get back out there. Prayers for him. Hopefully it's all right. He did tweet. He said, good win or whatever. I'll be back soon. So he did, he did tweet that. So it seems like he's in positive spirits. So that's good to see. Yeah. 
Now, talking about this defensive performance as a whole, I know we talked about the secondary getting picked on, but I think a lot uh, okay, of that. So David David Cardona does say Bruce Arians says he's going to be all right. Um, per per Twitter, SMB suffered a dislocated elbow, but he's going to be all right. Per head coach Bruce Arians, good news considering what it looked like. Okay, yeah, great to hear because, like we said, that replay. If you can get a good look at it, go find it on YouTube yeah, or something man. if you didn't see it. I mean, you he, might he not want to watch it. He went it. right right to the locker room. He didn't yeah. go to the sideline or nothing, right yeah. to the locker room. Yeah, it was rough to watch. But let's go ahead and talk about the rest of this defensive performance. The the, the secondary got picked on. I think Carlton Davis had a pretty strong night, but even then he was giving up some plays every now and again. Um, but I think a lot of that comes from the lack of pressure. We We talked a lot before the game about how winning the battle of the trenches was going to be crucial. And uh, even though Dallas was missing, you know, a Hall of Famer right guard, they, they they still played pretty damn well. There wasn't a lot of pressure on Tampa Bay's part. Um, I think Dallas did a really good job with their offensive game plan. They were picking up all the blitzes. It seemed like the Bucks couldn't send anybody up the gut without getting stuffed. Um, so I think Dallas came out with a pretty good offensive game plan. I mean, obviously they were able to hang in, hang in there until the very end, putting up uh, 29 points on this Bucks defense. But, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, a rusty start, I, I think, is what it can be chalked up to. Like, we'll talk about the turnovers and whatnot later, but as far as the defense goes, there were a couple of times you could tell they were gassed, put in tough spots. They were able to make some stops like you would expect them to, and I think, you know, they did just enough to help us win, for sure. But, again, just going back to what we talked about before the game, it, 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 was, it was definitely a slow start, if that's how we're going to put it. Yeah, uh... Before I go on my rant about this defense, because, uh, well, everybody called me an idiot for saying the, the Cowboys were going to score 28. Uh, they scored more than I predicted them to. So, uh, that's, you know, I hate to say it. I told you so. You know, both of us here were like, all right, let's pump the brakes on this. Oh, the defense is only going to, you know, 10 points or whatever. Let's, let's pump the brakes. We said that on this show, right? We said, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. It's week one. It's a tough matchup for the defense. This Cowboys offense is really good. Let's pump the brakes. However, I will say, before I get into the full ramp, Dallas's game plan, I thought, was spectacular. Yeah. I thought Dallas's game plan was fantastic. Credit to Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, and especially I'm going to give a shout-out to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, real quick, because without him, I think Dak Prescott might have gotten lit up on some of those Bucks blitzes. Oh, yeah. Um, the there Bucks was, were blitzing, uh, and Zeke just uh, – I mean, one time Devin White came in, yeah. and Zeke just stood him up. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I, that's the exact one I was thinking of. It was Devin White, and, I mean, dude, he was coming in full speed. That Nobody was stopping him except for Ezekiel Elliott. The hole was wide open. He had a running start. Um, yeah, and he stood him up. I really thought Devin White was going to run him over. Um they, they did a pretty good job. Looking at the live chat, I want to talk about maybe some guys on that defense who had a, a stronger night, some you know some good we can talk about. We can, we can get into the good before I get into the bad? Or... Right, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> how about Vita Vea, though, man? I, I know it was, you know, he didn't light <laughs> that up man the has a family. That, that center has a family. Oh, my God. He was getting bullied out there. Vita Vea, just a one-man wrecking crew. One of the most powerful 350 pounders in the league. We even saw him get a rep at fullback tonight. Uh, I'm excited to see what this man can do, and and hopefully they're able to stay healthy because that defensive line, although the pressure wasn't entirely there tonight, you just you saw the raw power that Vita Vea has, and that's you know that's a great sign. It, it shows you that he's damn healthy. 
Yeah, it's he was a he really turned it on in the second half. First half, you really didn't notice it much. Second half and uh, mostly the the fourth quarter, he really turned it on. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are also giving props to the game plan by Dallas. You know, they they knew Connor McGovern was against Vita Vea sometimes, and they double teamed Vita Vea, and that really limited what Vita Vea could do. Like I said, it was a a great a great game plan. I really thought. You know, before we, you know, really dive into it, I just want to say that really fast that like Dallas just, you know, it was perfect. They knew what to do. Like they knew exactly what to do. Yeah. And um, the, the short, the short passes, whether it was blitz pickup or like they didn't take any deep shots. I don't think Dak threw a ball in the air over 30 yards. No, but he, th- uh, he threw the ball well over 50 times. Did he not? If not, yeah, pretty yeah. close. To and, and I mean, and, and that's what you got to do, right? Yeah, that, that, that's what you got to do against the Bucks. Why are you running the ball against the Bucks? And Dallas knew it. And that Dallas literally knew it that if they were going to run the ball. They weren't going to win. So if Dak could do it. And I also think Dak not getting hit led them to be able to throw it more. If Dak was getting hit over and over and over again, you would have had to switch it up. Yeah. yeah. But um, we'll get into why I think the defense made it a little bit too easy for Dallas in a little bit. But um, yeah, I thought Shaq Barrett had a really good game. I, I, I really did. I uh, had that hustle sack on Prescott. And I, well, that was their only sack, right? Uh, they didn't have another sack. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that was the so only one. So now he's got, he's got his, himself a sack. I thought JPP, for the most part, was like a disappearing act. Um, Peter Vey showed up late. Joe Tryon played more than I expected him to. Yeah, I didn't was... think I would see Joe Tryon showing as much as I did. And I will say too about you know Joe Tryon's performance. While again he didn't get a sack, he didn't end up in the backfield. He looked like he belonged out there. He had mm-hmm. his head in some plays, and he was playing some good support every now and again when he had to. They dropped him back in coverage every now and again. He was making tackles, chasing the play down. He's so big and fast that it's like he just. He just looks natural out there. You know what I mean? But having him as an extra guy, it was always interesting to see how they brought him out because there'd be some looks where they drop him back in coverage and you'd have like Will Golston playing all the way on the end as your outside guy. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they really brought in a lot of different looks with Tryon, but a good debut for him, even though he didn't really light up the scoreboard. It wasn't perfect. I also thought Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield also had some solid games. Um, Devin White was mostly absent. You didn't really see him too much. Uh, you missed a few tackles where, like, come on, man. Like, you got to make them tackles. I remember it was one. It was Dalton Schultz caught the ball, and it would have been, like, a second and five. He broke a white tackle, and it ended up being a second and one. Dallas converted on the next play. Yeah. Like, that can't happen. Like, that's got to be – you got to tackle him, boom, you know, right there. Um, so, you just got to clean that up. Uh, yeah, like I said, I thought Carlton Davis played a solid game, not a perfect game. Um and Anton Winfield played pretty pretty decent. I thought Andrew Adams had his moments too. He really did. Yeah, yeah. For a guy, um, that, that, for that, a that, guy that, that wasn't that here flip. all of camp. Yeah, that 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 flip play read that perfectly. Yeah. You know, yeah. was it the, the best block by a tight end? No, it was not. But that flip play that he he read perfectly. Yeah, that and, was um, crucial. Stop and see yeah. right there in the red zone. <clears throat> all right, so let's continue our conversation. When we left off, we were talking about you know some some highlights on the defense, some guys who stood out in good ways. But Evan. Uh, We have been waiting to get into this rant of yours regarding the defense, because let's face it. I think they handed Dallas this game a couple of times, and uh, I'm sure you're about to cover all of that here shortly. But uh, Evan Wanish, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, this was um, I thought this was almost borderline embarrassing. Uh, I mean, 
Dallas has a good offense. I've said it, right? Like I like people have like criticized me for saying it so much. I get it. But like, come on. Like, are you kidding me? I don't know what I texted you. That game plan felt very similar to the same exact game plan they had on Sunday night football against the New Orleans Saints. Like, what was that? Why are you giving them a 10-yard cushion on first down? They were – Dallas was doing the same exact stuff. They weren't doing anything different. Like, they would – this is how their drives went. First down, a game of about six. Second and four. They're already in, a, in an advantage there. Then uh, either second down, it was either an incompletion or, like, third and one or a first down. That's all it was. Like, every rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You thought, okay, maybe in the, in the second half they'll, they'll get some stuff adjusted. Nope. Like, it was almost like they were scared to death to, to get beat deep. But the Cowboys weren't throwing the ball deep. It's not like they were launching it down the field every time. I don't, I don't think Dak Prescott threw a ball over 30 yards the entire day. What were you scared of? Like, I, I don't really understand that. Like, the blitzing and the, the lack of pass rush, you know, like I said, some of that has to do with the Cowboys playing well. And some of the defensive struggles has to do with the Cowboys game planning and playing well. As if you were there in part one of the show, um, <laughs> you would know that I, I, I credited, you know, the Dallas's game plan. I thought they came out with a fantastic game plan. But come on, you made it pretty darn easy for him. You, you really did. When, when Jamel Dean on a second and five is playing 10 yards off, of course Dak Prescott's going to throw that way. Like, uh, of course he is. Like, I, I just, I think that was the most frustrating thing, that Dallas wasn't doing anything different drive after drive after drive, yet the Bucs weren't adjusting at all. You saw one player that I saw adjust to it, and that was Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis jumped a few routes. He started to pick up on what they were trying to do. Other than that, I don't think a single player actually picked up what they were trying to do. Well, yeah, no, I, I, it, I really don't. No, it led to Dak picking on a lot of guys the entire night. It felt like Jamel Dean was an easy target all night. You know, with the injuries coming, Andrew Adams eventually got some targets. Ross Cockrell was kind of put in an awkward spot uh, with Mike Edwards down for a limited amount of time. You know, he gave up a touchdown. What, right after Mike Edwards was out of the game for those two drives or uh, two plays? I'm sorry. Um you know, like it, it definitely felt like the adjustments weren't there for the entire defense. And I think that can be equated to just the ring rust, you know, a slow start. Maybe not all the communication was there at the beginning of the game. There were some miscommunication problems. They even called a timeout later on in the game because there was miscommunication between a couple of couple of corners who couldn't figure out what the hell they were supposed to be doing on that play. Um, so, you know, before we talk about the offense, because I definitely want to talk about the offense. I want to talk about Tom Brady, man. I picked a good day to wear this jersey. Um, let's talk about the penalties. Let's talk about yeah. what kept Dallas in this game, and let's talk about what ultimately almost lost the Bucks this game. Uh, I guess we can tie these conversations hand in hand, but just the sloppiness of the execution and the untimely penalties, the penalties that shot Tampa Bay in the foot time and time again. You cannot beat the team across from you when you can't even beat yourself. And there were a couple of calls where it was like, damn, you know, really? Like, I, I will say yeah, that yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got my fair complaints about the referees tonight, but 
Also, but well, well, one thing we can say is that's not a push off on Godwin, so don't even start. It's oh, not, dude, I don't give a damn matter. if it. I don't give a damn if it was. I was it's on not, record. It I, doesn't matter. It's not. I don't care if it was. They let it fly. I mean, all the calls that they were calling against Tampa Bay, they were anal about stuff. It was yeah, like every so, other play was DPI. They uh, the Bucks had eleven penalties for one hundred and six yards. Eleven penalties. It's t- is tied for the most in the in in a game that Tom Brady's played. Um, that's the most tied for the most penalties. So he's never had a game where he's the teams had twelve penalties. Never happened. Dallas had eight penalties for fifty five yards. And while eight penalties is a lot, fifty five yards, it's very small. The right. Bucks were one hundred and six. You can't do that. You do that again, you know, you do that against the Rams. You do that against uh, even like a team like the Dolphins, I think. You do it against the Bills. You're getting beat like, like you are. You well, know? And da- Dallas seemed to have this uncanny ability to where they would get a penalty and then they would kind of bounce right back. It yeah. didn't seem yeah. like the penalties they were getting slowed them down that much. If the Bucks got yeah. so much as a holding call or an offensive false start, it just killed the drive. Like I, all I, your I momentum remember- was done. Remember, I remember texting, texting you that right on that last drive that Dallas score, scored the field goal after that holding, and it was second and twenty. I said, if if that's Tampa in that situation, the drive's over, right? It's done. Right. But Dallas, they were able to make it. It went from second and twenty to third and eleven to first down in, <laughs> yeah. in field goal range. Yeah, what in the world's going on? Like, what what are we doing here? So. Like it's just it, it's just crazy, and it seems like the Bucks just can't overcome the penalties, and it's insane to me that they still won the football game because I literally said, you know, I think this game could be. I think the only way Dallas will win is if the Bucks beat themselves and the defense has a pretty bad night. Both of that happened, and the Bucks still won. Yeah, so that's that's pretty remarkable. And a lot of what um, we're talking about, you know, these defensive issues. Or just not so much the defensive issues, but the sloppiness of the game, the ring rust, the the uh, you know the terrible mistakes on offense and defense that brought up these costly penalties. I don't think that's going to be an issue for very long. If we've learned anything about this football team, is that the culture has changed enough to where you bet your ass there's going to be some adjustments made in practice this week, and maybe there's going to be some extra drills about getting the snap count down, Ali Marpet. Um, you know, a couple of other guys on that offensive line. Tristan Wurst, I believe, had a holding penalty, even though it was kind of, you know, 50-50. Um, but just the costly penalties. You know, Donovan Smith, and I think they said, uh, I think they threw the flag on Brady, but it was it was Donovan Smith. And, it, it, uh, it was, they, they, they called Brady's number and Smith's number. Right. I mean, I really only saw Donovan Smith move, but I, I don't know, man. Just stupid shit man like it, it seriously it is stuff that loses you a football game and as bucks fans we've seen it time and time again so when this team starts to beat itself with penalties it's almost like the bucks of old turn their ugly head for just a little Dude, bit and, and was... luckily i mean luckily you are a championship team now and uh you know on top of all the penalties the buccaneers also had four turnovers on the evening being able to overcome things like that is still a relatively new trait of this Tampa Bay football team. Mm -hmm. And obviously them coming out with the win tonight is, is huge and it's a statement enough in itself, but you know, there were just a lot of preventable things in this game. Like the game could have been over 10 minutes sooner had Chris Godwin not fumbled. And and that's not necessarily like a bad penalty. It's just a mistake, you know, and it's another turnover added to the list. Well, that's not a mistake. That that's not a, a play that championship teams make, right? That that's not that's not championship football. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. That 
that's that's not that to me when so we'll talk let's talk negative offense right now and then we'll get into the positive we can end on a positive note we can talk the offense and we can talk the special teams too because i do want to talk about that oh yeah man um, people's champ put on so, a clinic tonight so uh as he always does um so you know when chris godwin fumbled that football i I thought I was like, holy crap. I was like, this is like the first time in like the Brady era where like the, like, this is like classic books, like not even yeah. like the, the Saints yeah. thrashing on Sunday night football. That was, that was just a blowout. I was like, this is like the first one where it's like, you've got to be just kidding me. the most heartbreaking type of loss you can imagine. <clears throat> is classic bucks, right? All the, all yeah. the elements are there. Chris Godwin fumbled on what the two yard line, like, yeah. it, you know, it was, it was, and that's one of those why, things that's where, why I was like, I was like, man, I was like, is, 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 is please don't miss. I was like, suck up. Don't let this be like <laughs> Matt Gay versus the giants. Yeah, I was like, man. just don't, I was like, please, you know? And I was like, because it just didn't seem like their night. And I was like, that's just, it's just their luck. You yeah. know, Brady, the, the pass goes right off of Leonard Fournette and into the defender's hands. Um, it, man, it's just, when, when that guy, when fumble happened though, I was like, holy cow. I was like, they're going to lose. Yeah. I was like, they are going to lose. No, I was and with you. Was a with lot you. of it, you know, a lot of it's a team problem, but I was like, and it's Chris Godwin's fault. I was like, it's like, because if he just holds on to that ball, they probably score a touchdown and it's a two score game. Hey. But nonetheless, they still were able to pull out the W. And on the game-winning drive, Chris Godwin able to redeem himself. He had that yes. huge reception, brought redeemed the Bucks just himself. outside Big of the 20. Time. Yeah, man. While we're talking about the negative on the offense, um, there were a lot, of, a lot of great things happening on offense tonight. Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, that connection is absolutely insane, <laughs> right? Um, just a great connection between AB. Business was definitely <laughs> booming tonight. Chris Godwin got me damn near 30 fantasy points. I know we talked about, you know, the fumble, um, but a pretty strong night for Chris Godwin. He was another one of those targets Brady was able to go to. Let's talk about big Mike Evans, man. I am not a fan of the effort that I saw out there. Like, I don't know if it just wasn't his night. I don't know if he was lost. I don't know if his head wasn't in the right place, but Mike Evans did not look like Mike Evans. And granted, he didn't get targeted that much. But when he did, he wasn't ready for it. There are two plays I can mm. think of. One was the, uh, I believe it was second down, forced to third down on the game-winning drive. And it was Micah Parsons went up with an absolute, like OBJ, he almost got the interception, right? Barely got a fingertip on it. Slowed down the ball. Mike is standing there with his arms like this. The ball bounces off of his left hand, and it didn't even look like he made an attempt to move towards it and get it. It was almost like he lost the ball and wasn't expecting it to hit his hand. And then earlier in the game, there was a similar situation where the ball goes barely over the defender. Mike is right there, hits him right in the hands, and he doesn't reel it in because it didn't look like he was ready for it. What what was going on with Mike Evans tonight? Well, the the one you mentioned there, I, I can say, yeah, he probably maybe should have caught that one. But the other one, that's just I don't I don't know if there's a single receiver in the NFL that's going to catch that ball. Um, the, the one on the, the final drive, I just don't know if anybody's going to catch that ball. That was a maybe, really good it, maybe play. it was farther than I thought it was like, maybe yeah, it wasn't. I, that was, I just, that was like legit, like deflected. I like, remember was it like, was, it was an incredible play by Parsons. He, he jumped way the I hell think it was, up I think it was, it. I think it was, um, it was digs. I think 
Was it? Um, speak, yeah, I do want to mention Parsons, though. How about shout out Lenny? Yeah, <laughs> just man. mossing, just mossing yeah. like a Parson. Yeah. That, that was that um, was the play of that drive. Dude, if I had what what, what was Brady doing? I don't know what that was. Oh, I, I got that. No, I'll be honest. It, it reminded me of that play in the Super Bowl that, you know, even though Patrick Mahomes lost, everybody lost their mind when he was falling and made that sidearm throw. Mm. It was almost like Tom Brady's version of that. It was a lot more clunky and slow. A but lot. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When he moved up in the pocket and he fell down, I thought he crumpled, and I thought like, "Oh my god, he just you know oh, tweaked man. his leg or something." Because I thought oh, something geez. awful had happened. But uh, um, well, anyways, uh, Mike Evans six targets, uh, three receptions, twenty four yards. Um, Tom Tom Brady, I mean, targeted him early a little bit, uh, and then after that, just not a whole lot. And I, I, I they'll be fine. Mike will be fine. Um, might have been some of the coverage I see. I wish I could tell you I look at the film, but I can't do that. Thanks, Game Pass. Um, <laughs> I wish I could tell you that I'd look at the coach's film, but can't I can't do believe it. they're still um, holding out on the all twenty-two. No update at oh, all about that. It's, it's and well, it's, you know, it, it no, it, it's the same price though. It's the same price tag, same hundred dollars. So you know, unreal, unreal. Pay the same price, but uh, we're gonna take away one of the biggest features there. So good, hey, good on you guys. Good job. So we mentioned Leonard Fournette. And, uh, you know, he definitely made some plays. I mm. think he was, without a doubt, the stronger <laughs> running back tonight. But I have a question about was Leonard he? Fournette. I, 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 can, can, I, can we just go with no running backs? Can, can the Bucks <laughs> do that? Because so, I don't think any of them are good. So let's run back the series of events. Uh, Leonard Fournette was the first running back of the night. Offense stalled on the first drive. Actually, no, they scored on the first drive. I don't even remember. It's been like four hours. The, 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 the Bucks off on, on the first game of the, the the first drive of the game. Yes, the Bucks offense uh, with three and out. Yeah, they went three and out. It was two runs to Lenny, and then it was a pass that didn't happen. Got um, which I yeah. which I predicted on the pregame show just to kind of bang my chest again. <laughs> um, but like, why are we throwing screen passes oh, to Leonard God. Fournette and not Gio Bernard? Because the interception that Brady had, the one of two, which were, you know, we'll talk about Brady's stat line here in just a minute when we talk about the good that the offense was able to do in this game. But, like, why the hell was Lenny getting the ball thrown to him so much in those situations? It just felt wrong. And granted, a couple of them, he got pretty close to a first down. They were positive yardage. But it's like, what, like, like what is Gio doing out there? You know what I mean? If he's not out there, what's he doing? Yeah, why why'd you sign him? Like if, if if he's not going to be that guy, why'd you sign him, dude? Leonard Fournette lined up more receiver than he did a running back tonight. Like, yeah. what was the game plan there? Like, I don't, I don't know. He freaking cost Tom Brady an interception because the ball goes right in his hands. All he would have had to do is beat one guy, and he would have had like ten plus yards. But no, he can't catch the freaking ball. Uh, I I don't know, man. Ronald Jones can't hang on to it running it. Leonard Fournette can't hang on to it passing it. I don't know. Is Keyshawn Vaughn the best running back on this roster? Am I just an <laughs> idiot? Am what? I the idiot? Let's, uh, is this just all one big rib on me? Is Let's talk about Ronald Jones really quickly. So I, I started talking about the series of events that played out. Lenny was the first running back of the night. Uh, Ronald Jones got in the rotation, I believe, after a couple of drives. Then you saw it go back and forth. But the key moment that put Ronald Jones in the doghouse for the rest of the evening was a key fumble. That was the first of two straight turnovers at the hands two of these running plays. backs. <laughs> two straight plays. Ronald Jones with the fumble. Cowboys recover and they turn it into points. And then Lenny 
cannot hang on to the ball, tips up in the air, and in Buccaneers fashion, it is a Tom Brady interception. Tom Brady played lights out tonight, by the way. We'll talk about that shortly. I'm really excited to. But, um, yeah, Ronald Jones, man. I, I mean, you know, it's week one. So I'm not really one of these people who's going to come out and say that oh, it's over. You know, like somebody put in one of our group chats, the Ronald Jones experiment is over. Like, no. But, you know, Leonard Fournette's probably going to be your first half back next week. But he shouldn't be. That, that's the issue. Because yeah. Leonard Fournette caused a turnover, too. And that that's the issue I have with it. Right. Is that Rojo if, if was Ronald, the if Ronald was Jones? Not. Yeah. Like why? What's the difference? It's not because Leonard Fournette's better because he isn't. Like Leonard Fournette is not better than Ronald Jones. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's, um, it, it's weird. It is weird, but uh, they use geo on more on the, on the last drive. Geo caught two balls on the, on the final drive. Uh, so that was good to see. Um, but every dude, every time there's a pass thrown to Leonard Fournette, I'm like, oh, he's dropping this. I'm like, he's dropping it, and <laughs> it's, somehow it's gonna be a turnover. Well, like, even somehow if he, it's gonna end up in the defender's hands. Even if he catches it, it's one of those things where it kind of takes him two seconds to reel it in and get going again. You know what I mean? Like the defender yeah. has plenty of time to close in. It's almost it's almost like he's not a pass catching running back. Wow. It's almost wow. what it's like. Wow, that's a pretty bold take, if I do say so myself. Yeah, All right, well. man. Well. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the good from this offense. Yeah, we'll really. To... You, you would think you would think the Bucks lost by like twenty though. I I know. I hate to I hate to put out such a negative show, but you got to get all like the bad stuff out of the way, right? I mean, of we course. can we can be honest on this show. We're I not going to BS. The, I think that's yeah. That's the goal of our podcast. Like, we're very very happy that the Bucks won, and we're celebrating. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, I got my Super Bowl banner hanging behind the TV. Um, everything's all bucked up in my house. Like, that's how we roll, right? We're very excited, but. We got to shoot straight. And, you know, if you ask Tom Brady how they played tonight, he probably isn't too happy about it. He's happy they got the win. But, you know, he said in his post-game interview on NBC that I was watching, they still have a lot to work on. And uh, that's just what we're trying to cover now so we don't have to talk about it too much well, later. And, and, and Bruce Arians is best. Yeah. <laughs> he was oh, I he, at, 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 at halftime when they interview him. He was. Oh, yeah. I, I think well, what, for what, the, what, 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 they didn't do a single thing. He's not happy with a single thing or whatever. Pretty much for the uh, for the radio, for the radio yeah, section yeah. of the interview. I think it was TJ Reeves. He was talking to. He's like, you know, Dallas didn't get a damn thing. We just gave it to him. And it, that's a great way to describe how Dallas was able to hang into this game. Um, checking in on the live chat. G Vegas says positive is you didn't hear Donovan Smith name called all night. So that is yeah. great for an offensive lineman. He did yeah. have that, that. He did that penalty. They played. Okay. Um, yeah. Brady wasn't sacked, right? He was not. No, you are correct. They, they did not get a sack on Tom Brady. And, and let's talk about, um, is it Randy Gregory? I'm sorry that I'm blanking on his yeah. name, but Rand, the, uh, Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence are two guys. Randy Gregory was giving Tristan worse an absolute fit tonight. Um, you know, it was a little bit of a stalemate and you wouldn't really be able to notice it unless you go back and watch it. But there were a couple of times where Gregory was able to just kind of move 78 out of the way and make a play. Um, and I can't remember the last defensive lineman that I've kind of seen do Khalil that Mack. To, to Tristan worse other than, you know, Khalil Mack. But Khalil Mack isn't a breed all by himself. Um, but I think I think defensively, the defensive line of Dallas did a pretty good job, even though they didn't get... Yeah, but I mean, come on, let's let's talk about Tom Terrific here. Let's, oh, let's do it, man. Let's it's about it. damn time, right? Let's do it. There's 
Okay, so there with a minute, a more a minute twenty five left in the game. I don't think there's anybody that you'd want the anybody else that you'd want to have the ball. No timeouts, the man. There, there, there was one timeout. Should have been two, but there was one. There was, was one timeout that they burned, out. and they had to. Well, they well, had they to burn it after because the, the ten second runoff. Yeah. Exactly, they avoided the ten second runoff by burning a penalty, so they kind of had to use it. Um, and I believe that put. 55 seconds left on the clock because if or 54 seconds because if it would have been it, put, it was there was 50 yeah there's yeah. yeah it yeah. was um yeah so it would have it would have had to been a 10 second runoff or you keep the timeout and i think they made the right decision some people actually thought they should have taken a 10 second runoff but nonetheless they still won the football game yeah that's damn true let's talk about this stat line for tb12 32 for 50 attempts Three hundred. I didn't think he, I didn't think he threw that much. Yeah, three hundred and seventy nine yards, four touchdowns. Granted, two interceptions. The one interception was the Leonard Fournette four. tip pass that we had talked about. Yeah, four, four on the day. That's, that's how many. That's how many you threw. That's four? how. That yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Cool. Um, four touchdowns on the day. Two interceptions. The one was the tip pass on Lenny. Both the of them other, were BS. Both the other was BS. like you know a. 60 yard hail mary at the very end of the half that i'm surprised they mm, even pulled. which i'm i i am shocked that that thing didn't go the distance i thought jordan lewis was taking that thing to the half yeah. but it was just yeah. him versus ali marpet i was like are you kidding me yeah man <laughs> that would have been rough long that, that would have been like the longest pick six of brady's career probably that would have might have been the longest pick six of all time <laughs> that's very true uh but yeah man tom brady i mean he was absolutely surgical tonight aside from the two turnovers which again we have kind of established weren't entirely his fault tom was just on it boy and uh you know i think he was probably the most prepared person on the offense uh we'll talk about his leading receiver though number 81 antonio brown business was booming and how about that what 50 some yard connection uh. from ab to tom <laughs> i mean tom Starting out the season, man, you can just you can see how much more comfortable he is in this offense. Yeah, the connection that he has is, uh, with his receivers and the way that they can just make something out of nothing. Antonio Brown with an incredible performance. He showed that he obviously still has it, which everyone has been hyped up about over camp. But uh, very excited to see where this connection can go and just the endless possibilities. You know, a terrible night for Mike Evans. He still got three catches, but. You still have Chris Godwin putting up numbers and Antonio Brown having an awesome night. So it's like, mm. there's always options. But I, I do want to get your thoughts really quickly on the first half play calling. We didn't see a whole lot of Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller until the second half. The Bucks I played. Did, did Tyler Johnson play? Yeah, he had a target I, and it, it wasn't. Yeah, he did. It wasn't catchable, um, uh. but he did have a target. But we didn't see those guys in the second half because the Bucks played a hell of a lot of 12 personnel in the first half uh we saw gronk get a lot of targets too i mean he had two great touchdowns game. yeah great, great game, game for number 87 but um yeah that first half play calling was uh i don't know what were your thoughts um way too many runs on first down uh it's almost like byron leftwich was just trolling all of twitter with as many runs on first down the, the thing is though like they were actually like on first down when they ran it like to start the game like in the first half they were four yards, five yards, yeah, which is actually was, very good yeah, on, on good first chunks. down. But just stop doing it. Like, your best you, – you know what your, your best down offense. Why 
Like, why? All right, Dallas threw the ball 58 times, okay? Like, Elliott barely touched the ball. Like, yeah, I know they lost, but, like, they still put up a heck of a fight. You're they, – because they know that their best asset is – is the you know, the pass they they know that you know their best chance to win was to pass the ball. The Bucks' best chance to win is not by running the football. They're not going to be one of these teams that's going to ground and pound a team and going to control the time of possession and going to have two hundred rushing yards. Stop trying to be like you know. Don't I understand trying to set up to play action? Union used that a whole lot today. Um, you know, it's just they're I, I, no, it's just stop like. I'm I'm not one of those guys that thinks you have to pass it on every first down. Oh, first down runs. No, no, no. But like, it was getting a little ridiculous. Like every single first down in the first half, they were, they were running the ball. Well, the thing about the bucks running the ball too, is that obviously they bring it out of 12 personnel a lot, but it's like, they're a very hard nosed running football team. They don't necessarily try and get their backs out in space. One, because they can't really catch. Um, But two, (laughs) like, you know, there just isn't, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of desire for the offensive play calling to get, you know, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette a little bit of space or try no. and move them outside of the because numbers. It's not, it's not, it's not designed that way though. That's why. Right, right, right. It's just a Bruce Arians offense is never going to be designed that way. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure why Byron left, which is, is, you know, trying to force the, trying to force the thing. A lot, you know, a lot of people are saying a whole lot of money, right? Yeah. From booming university too. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I, I want to get a shirt that says booming university. I'm committed to booming university. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, Ryan says Dallas defense is scary. If by scary, you mean bad, then you are correct. Um, but if you're talking about scary, good, Go back and watch the game. Oh, I, I mean, um, look at what Dallas did. Uh, they brought in a lot of defensive guys in the draft. They got a couple of guys in free agency, but really the biggest difference on their defensive uh, side of the ball, they got Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. And who while sucks. It, who sucks, I mean, he's a much better coordinator than he is a head coach. But that's, for a lot of people, true. a lot of people who expected, you know, his presence to be felt on Dallas's defense tonight, I think was obviously let down. And most of those were Dallas fans anyways. But it's going to take a little while for Dan Quinn to kind of get situated over there. And I don't know how much better he can make their defense. You've heard about, you know, he's developed a good culture over there and guys like him from from what we've heard out of Dallas camp. But like I, you know, they're, they're still the Dallas defense. Brady was able to go out there and do his thing really quickly. Let's talk about the stat lines for some of your Buccaneer leading receivers so like we mentioned before, number 81, Mr. Big Chest himself, Antonio Brown, five receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, nine receptions, 105 yards and a tutty. Would have had two. It, it's, it's a shame. Like, like what are what are people going to remember most of it? I feel like it's like a very split. Like they're going to remember that back shoulder throw, but they're also going to remember that fumble. Yeah. Like, I, I legit do think it's going to be split. That they're going to be like, well, the game could have been over, but uh, Chris Godwin did this. And then later he caught that. I think it's going to be pretty much split. Well, they're going to be remembering that. It's your glass half full, half empty people. You know, whoever decides to remember what about this game at the end of the day, it does not matter because I'll, the Tampa just, Bay Buccaneers are one and zero. Won. And yeah, they beat I'll just remember that the Bucks, yeah, that the Bucks won the game. Exactly. So now, also, if if the Bucks would have lost, I was going to come on here and be like, well, at least we know Brady's won the Super Bowl because <laughs> uh, every year Tom Brady starts zero and one, he wins. The Super that's Bowl, so. that's the conversation I was having with myself. Uh, <laughs> that's when what I, I was thought, thinking of myself. when I, I thought like, oh, no, this game was over. I was yeah. like, oh, well, you know, a guaranteed Super Bowl lock at this point. 
Another great recept or uh, great receiver tonight. We mentioned him a little earlier. Rob Gronkowski, eight receptions for the big man, ninety yards and two touchdowns. I think that's probably his biggest stat line as a buck, right? Um, I don't I know so. if he had. I don't know if he's had over a hundred yard game yet. No, I don't think so. I think there's. I don't even know if there's been games where he has had multiple touchdowns in the game. Yeah. Oh wait, the the, the besides the Super Bowl, he might have gone over a hundred yards in the Super Bowl, maybe. They kept throwing out stats about like the connections between him and Brady. They said it was his hundredth touchdown, and then they said it was his eighty-sixth. But I guess it's I, not counting the postseason. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but Gronk, I think, got his hundredth career touchdown tonight, which was pretty damn cool. And it was that heads-up second Tom, touchdown. Tom Brady played in his three hundredth career game. Yes, he did. A lot of history to be made start. with the twenty twenty-one Buccaneers. Really quickly, let's cover some stat lines from Dallas just to make sure that we talk about it. We talked about Dak Prescott having a strong night. He went 42 for 58, which, by the way, for a guy coming off of a shoulder injury, throwing 58 passes definitely seems like he's going to be ready to go for the rest of the season. 403 yards, three touchdowns for him. It, one, one quick note on him, though, just for, for Dallas fans and stuff. It, he looked good. It didn't seem like he was 100% to me. Yeah, it, it did. Well, he wasn't. Some he wasn't of it, letting it some rip. of his some of his throws didn't have the oomph on it. Like yeah. some of his throws just didn't have it, and they didn't take any deep shots. I just I think some of maybe maybe it's not the ankle that's bothering him. Maybe it's that shoulder a little bit more. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. To wrap up the rest of Dallas's performers, Ezekiel Elliott, eleven carries, thirty-three yards. Averaged three yards per carry against the NFL's number one rushing defense. Tony Pollard, who we talked about, kind of, you know, being a little bit more of a concern at times than Ezekiel Elliott, especially with the receiving aspect of things. He had four catches on the day, 29 yards, though. So the Bucs did a pretty good job at the end of the day wrapping him up. I know he had a couple of critical catches, but um, really big day for a pair of receivers for Dallas, though. 13 receptions for Amari Cooper. 139 yards and two touchdowns. CD Lamb also broke 100 yards, seven receptions, 104, and a tutty for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not not a great night for the Bucks secondary, man. As we alluded to on the show on the game preview show, but yeah, well, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I think we've covered just about everything we needed to from this game. This is, you know, a, a, a cannon fire post game. One of the first editions. We can't, we can't ignore special teams though. We can't ignore. Oh, we Bradley can't. Pinion. You're right. I don't Bradley even know Pinion. how. The people's champ. Let's give a little golf clap. Let's right. Give a little golf clap. Huh? Let's give a little golf clap. Huh? The people's champion. Bradley Pinion. Friend of the show. Bradley Pinion. Put an absolute bombs out there man oh yeah that first one was a boom and you want to talk he's going to boom in university and it wasn't even oh, it, it wasn't even you know he didn't get an assist from the gunner down at the end of the field it was just a oh, beautiful no. piss missile all the way down to the what the two yard line a yes, thing of sir. beauty from the people's all, all the all the the kickoffs were in the back of the end zone boom man and then also yeah i do want to acknowledge Jadon mickens having a nice little yeah, return man. i think i think his best game is a returner over these last i think two so seasons. as well yeah yep. yeah I, I do think so as well um it sucks and then that you know his his best return in a bucks uniform i thought that back. was going house yeah. i thought that was a house call i yeah. thought that was house call um and then obviously we got to talk ryan suck up the best for last you, man the man i will hour. never 
never make your kicks as gone from the checklist. It is gone. You know, one know why? Because he did it. He checked it off. Greg Zerline didn't. Greg the leg oh, didn't. Holy hell. The, uh, I think somebody said it on Twitter before I did, but the ghost of Dan Bailey is still somewhere in Raymond mm. James causing other teams. Cowboy. The mess. It, it's a cowboy. It, Dan Bailey is a longtime cowboy yeah. and he goes to the Vikings and it's just, he's haunting his old team now. It's wow. that's what it is. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. And then I also, I do have a, a quick take bag. Uh, if, if we have anything, if we don't have anything else. Oh yeah, man, you're good, brother. Ah, <laughs> okay. Um, guess how many snaps OJ Howard and Ronald Jones combined for tonight? Oh man, I don't know if I want to guess. Forty something. Six. No way. I was under the impression that OJ Howard was getting some work early. Right? He he was out there for I, the beginning I, of the game, I and that was it. I legit. I'm not lying to you. I. Midway through the third quarter, I think I saw a tweet from Joe Bucks fan. I was like something about OJ Howard. I was like, not lying to people. I forgot he was in the he was playing on the team tonight. I I didn't see him once. I saw Cameron Braid a few times. I didn't see OJ Howard once. No, I, I do I agree. Never I don't remember seeing him on the field. I, I don't I don't remember. Maybe if he, he was getting working on the sidelines, you know, getting guys gator. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I didn't see him. I didn't see him once. I I really didn't. So those guys, like, they did a nice disappearing. Obviously, Ronald Jones, we all know what happened to him. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't see O.J. Howard. Like, I didn't know he played, like, honestly. Um, I, like I said, we talked about the offensive line. I, th- I thought the offensive line played solid. The Jensen thing, though, with the, the taunting. Yeah. Bucks fans better get – if that's what they're calling for taunting, Bucks fans better get used to it because he's getting one a game. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's definitely not going to be the last time we see Ryan Jensen called for taunting in any form. And it's kind of weird that, you know, he took a punch he to the face. Him. And Come he was on, the man. one who got called for taunting, not the guy who retaliated and smacked him in the like, helmet. I understand. I understand they called a personal foul, but like, how is that taunting if he punches you in the face? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, I remember watching like, the replay, stupid. and after he gets punched, Jensen looks right at the referee and is basically like, "Are you going to throw a flag?" Ref throws the flag, and it's on sixty-six. Well, you, you saw you saw the ref's face though, right? Yeah. yeah. But- well, the. <laughs> When they had the microphone on earlier in the night too, he, yeah. oh well, it's yeah. a you know it's a personal we'll, foul. We'll just say, <laughs> let's just say it's a. Oh oh oh! I'm, trying to, I, I'm curious. Oh man, I wish I would have known what he was going to say. They're just making stuff up as right. they go along. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say that it was this. Let's just say that he held then. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Uh, other than that, not really much else. Um. A good win. A win's a win. It's not pretty. Look at it this way, folks. The Bucks had 11 penalties, the most, more, actually more than they had in the Chicago game. They had 10 in the Chicago game. So they had one more penalty than they had in the Chicago game, plus four turnovers, which they did not have four turnovers in the Chicago game, and they won the football game. So if you're going to look at anything positive from a negative, take a look at that, all right? Um, a W is a W, 1-0, never a doubt, even though – Looking at me and Rhett's text messages, there was plenty of doubt. Uh, and uh, if every game is going to be like this, I am going to be dead by the end of the year. Yeah, because yeah my blood pressure please, can't take this. Can, man. can can we can we just like can we not like 
can they just go out and just beat the Falcons by like 20? Like, can, can I just be able to chill for the fourth quarter? I figured, man, you know, when they scored that Gronk touchdown to get what 28 to 19, yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, all right, it, it, it looks to be in all right shape. I was like, um, you know, I'll be able to just relax for the fourth quarter, be able to get on here, talk about a nice win. Now that, that's are you, God was like, are you kidding? No way. Um, and Tom Brady was like, don't worry. I got you. And then Ryan Suckup was like, I don't suck. I'm going to close this deal. And also, shout out Bradley Pena for the excellent hold on the field goal. Hell not, it's yeah. not possible without Bradley Pena. Not possible without our people's champion. So a quick shout out to Bradley Pena. Bradley, we'd love to get you on the show soon again during the season. I know right? it's tough, but right? the, open, the invitation is open. You have an open invitation on this program. Great friend of the show, Bradley Pinion, the people's champion for a reason and victorious tonight as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 1-0 on the season. So, so uh, well, David Cardona wants to make fun of my mustache. He says, uh, poor Evan's <laughs> mustache is going to disintegrate if there's any more games like this. You might be right, actually. It, I don't I don't know what's going to happen to me if, if there's more games like this. <laughs> G Vegas said the refs made sure the Bucks didn't cover the spread tonight. Damn it, man! Listen, that's, if you guys are gonna be—that's for sure. If you guys are gonna be betting, by the way, um, betonline.ag, huh? Yeah, I oh, yeah. know a place. That's yeah. for sure. Betonline.ag, very proud partner of the show and uh, one of our main sponsors. Glad to have these guys. This is our second season in a row with BetOnline, and uh, they're the best for a reason. If you sign up today, download their app, or go to their website, you will get up to fifty percent extra on your first deposit. Um. Great stuff, man. I mean, football's back, right? You got yep, multiple yep. bets going. Like, I'll tell you this, dude. If there was a prop bet on Ryan Jensen getting a taunting penalty tonight, that dude won big. Take it every time. Take right? it every time. Right? That's probably going to be your safest prop of the year. You're going to well, make Well, I will on say that. one of my one of my two favorite prop bets was I would have hit. I didn't bet on them, but I would have hit on both of them. It was Tom Brady. Uh, the over-under was set at two and a half for passing touchdowns. Oh, And word. I would have taken the over. Oh, yeah. And – uh antonio brown the over under was 58 and a half receiving yards and i would have taken the over um willie beeman dean pease is definitely going to be scheming up for the falcons on the 19th looking forward to that dude dean pease is like 100 okay like <laughs> he, he whatever like tom brady's younger than that oh man man oh man ladies and gentlemen i want to say thank you to every single person who has stopped by i know it took us a minute but we are actually back up to uh about 75 viewers, which is where we were at when the stream dropped the first time. Um, so thanks to everybody who found their way back to the channel. If you have not already, make sure you subscribe. We've got plenty of great Buccaneers content. And uh, let's go over our schedule really quick for the season, right? On a regular week, uh, it's a little bit different. But for this week coming up. A regular, a regular week meaning a regular week meaning when they play on a Sunday. That's right. What we mean. Right. When the Bucks are not on Thursday or Monday night football, the week's going to be pretty normal. But, uh, you know, since you're the Super Bowl champions, of course, you're going to be on primetime more than any other team in the league. So we'll have some adjustments to make. But I believe this Monday uh, we're going to take a little break throughout the weekend. We got our post game show out now, but this Monday we're going to be introducing a new show that we're going to be doing this season. Uh, it's just a mailbag show. You know, whatever you guys want to talk about, take a couple of days, digest the game. We got the emotional reactions out of the way. So we want to get, you know, some things that you're really curious about. Maybe you went back and watched the game again, something popped up on film and you want to talk about it. That's what it's there for. 
But if you want to get a head start and get your questions in, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. Of course, if you follow us on social media, there's going to be links and stuff there too. We're going to, you know, open up the questions, any platform you find us, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Uh, first question, I guess we'll get a head start and then we'll wrap this thing up. Spencer says, looking ahead, how do you feel about the Falcons? Probably crush them, right? Yeah, I think so. I think oh, you got- that's what everybody thought about the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they definitely don't have uh, Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's going to no. make some noise this year, man. I mean, gonna he, be good. He'll, he'll win comeback player of the year. Probably, probably. Um, but I definitely don't think the Falcons are going to be nearly as prepared no. for the Bucks as Dallas was. Um, Atlanta, we now, have one, said- one thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say Atlanta. We have said plenty of times. I think we both said it on the season prediction show. We have them pegged for last in the division. It's mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be very close. Uh, Atlanta as a football team is not in that great of a place right now. So I think it might not be a little bit too early to say the Bucks are probably going to win that one. Yeah, I think um, I just think the Falcons are a rebuild. I mean, the one thing I will say the advantage it will have is they have a new head coach and they get the Bucks early in the year. So there could be stuff, some stuff that the Bucks have not seen yet uh, from the Falcons. But I mean, just talent wise, I mean, I know the Bucks are talented, more talented than the Cowboys, but like the Cowboys are more talented than the Falcons. Right. So even right. though, it, even though it is a divisional game, sometimes divisional games are close. I think the Bucks are going to be motivated to play a cleaner game. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just, we're just going to have to see. Two words, though. Kyle Pitts. He's going to be fun to play against. Okay. I mean, I keep hearing all this stuff about Kyle Pitts. You know, did you see O.J. Howard tonight? Like, everybody was, like, uh, you know, about, like, talking about this, like, O.J. Howard. Oh, look at the tight ends, like a wide receiver. Wait until he plays a game, okay? And then we can talk about Kyle Pitts being a matchup nightmare. If he goes out there and terrorizes Philly, whatever, right? Like, who cares? Um, And then, uh, you know, like, I, I, I I don't care about Kyle Pitts. Matt Ryan's old. Uh, the Falcons have no run game. They're off of the line. Stinks. Julio Jones is gone. Calvin Ridley's their only guy. He scares me. Um, they, he, I'm scared to death of that guy. But uh, you know, and the, the Falcons' defense, like I said, it's it's their defensive coordinator is in a Walker. Um, <laughs> it they're they have no talent on the deep. Like I think Dallas has more talent on their defense than, than Atlanta does. All right. So Tom Brady is like 10 and 0 against the Falcons. He's not going to lose to them. Like just not like Tom Brady is like in the Falcons heads, like firmly in the Falcons heads. And so, you know, he can, they can go screw themselves. Okay. Um, anyways, on a, on a more serious note um, before, before we did head out, uh, I did want to say with, with, um, Normally we wouldn't really do this a, a lot. Uh, this, you know, but the, this year it's, it's a special occasion. Uh, the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. Um, you know, I know that, like I said, normally we don't talk about this kind of thing, but I figured it's a 20 year anniversary. It's a, it's, it's important to, to say something and uh, just, you know, it's, it's tough to watch stuff on it. It really is. Um, but, you know, just, thinking about all the families that lost so many loved ones that day. And uh, the NFL did a great tribute beforehand, before the game. And uh, just, just, you know, just, just want to, just want to put a, a, a more, you know, just a, I know it's a more serious note to end off a, a good podcast, but um, to just, just wanted to put my thoughts and prayers out there to anybody that's been affected by, by nine 11 and uh, sorry. And we, we love you all. You are, you guys are, 
American heroes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it's important to talk about. Um, a majority of our audience is probably American, and any American either knows somebody who was affected, has family members who were affected, themselves were affected. You know, people remember stuff like that. So I definitely think it's important to talk about, but uh, very, very good showing some solidarity there. Pretty good stuff, my friend. Well, folks, that is the show. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. The Buccaneers are 1-0 on their 2021 campaign. The title defense starts out uh, with a nail-biter, but they get it done because that's what championship teams I can't believe do. that game ended like that. I can't believe it. Yeah, like, I seriously yeah. can't believe. I it. can, I can't believe it, buddy. We're gonna be. I'm gonna watch the game again tomorrow, probably. Are you? You're gonna put yourself through it again. I'm just gonna stick to the highlights. <laughs> I can't. I can't put my yeah. Go to go to YouTube for the good stuff. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of box news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host on Instagram at bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. Follow myself on Instagram. Oh, I'm sorry. You can also follow Evan on Twitter if you want to. He's not going to follow go. you back. Uh, relax. Um, but you can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL, where he will not follow you back. But I'll tell you who will follow you back. That's myself. Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. That's it, man. The next time we talk to you guys, it is going to be our mailbag show. So get your questions ready. Send them over to cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on any of our social media outlets. And then after that, I believe will be our next game preview. The season is rolling, dude. I mean, it's it's it's, it's starting. It's, it's here. In. Football's it's here. here. A game has already been played. It counts. And uh, the Buccaneers are 1-0 and still technically first place in the NFC South. You'll love to see it. But, uh, yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for checking out this podcast. Shout out to our moderators in the chat. Willie Beeman holding it down. Glad to have you here, my friend. G Vegas, David Cardona, among anybody else that I might have missed. Thank, thank you. you thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We we know it's late. We we, we yeah, know it's late. For so real. Thank it is, you. It is, thank you for tuning in. It is 1.30 in the morning on our side of the world. If our guy Pete's still here, he probably fell asleep. But, God, it's like <laughs> 6.30 a.m. over at Pete's end. So uh, thank you guys for staying up, talking some Buccaneers football with us. We look forward to doing it again soon as the title defense is officially underway. We will talk to you guys next week on Monday, I'm thinking. And after that, we'll be back in business with our regular game preview and uh, very, very, very special guest coming up here soon as well. So uh, don't forget that, you know, maybe it was the guy who was supposed to be on 200. I don't know. You didn't hear that. Maybe you didn't hear that from me because a lot of people were very upset that we called James up from the practice squad for that. I know everybody called me a liar. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. Good night. Go Bucks. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast presented by our good friends over at betonline.ag. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and we will talk to you guys next week. As always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.